You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. Now, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can go ahead and do so at Ryan Dangle. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. I am joined by Jack Wright. If you want to find Jack on Twitter, you can hit him at Bear Down Jack. Patrick Sheldon, you can read him on uh, the Windy City as part of the Fan Sided Network. Hit him on Twitter at P underscore Shells. Brendan Chagru, the assistant editor of Bears Wire. You can hit him on Twitter at brendan shagru that's s-u-g-r-u-e boys how we doing how's everything going great i'm amped i'm super amped to try to tamp down the effusive praise for ryan poles that i've seen this week it's a little much i feel like we need to try to draw it back a little bit do you, do you think other like nfl fan bases argue nearly as much as oh, fans yes uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes I've gone down the rabbit hole sometimes just seeing what people are doing, especially when it comes to free agency in the draft. And it it makes me feel better knowing that every other fan base is just rabid and crazy, except for maybe like, I don't know, the Chargers fans, because there's like three of them. (laughs) Wow. Wow. We're we're what two minutes into this thing and we're already taking a shot. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, Shells, how are you doing? How's everything going in, in your land right now? Great, man. Uh, super busy this weekend. Uh, had some baseball tournaments and stuff, so um, exhausted, but excited to be here and talk to you guys. feels like it's been forever for some reason, like since I've talked to you all. There, there's kind of been a lot going on in Bears land since yeah. since all of this has taken over. Um, boys, before we get too far, I just want to make sure that we give a couple quick shout outs. The first one is going to go to our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. Um, if you've heard any of the episodes as of recently, you know Jeff is going through a little bit of a transition, but he has been sponsoring us uh, since the, the start of this thing. And we're huge fans of Jeff Cadwallader. So thank you, Jeff, for sponsoring the show. Ryan, uh, we love your new haircut, and we love that you are somebody who gives to charity, specifically St. Baldrick's Day. Uh, Ryan had his head shaved for St. Baldrick's Day, raised a, a boatload of money for uh, for the cause, and our guys at Sheridan's really came up big. They We hooked them up with some of our friends at Naperville North, and they took their own time and came in the morning and were a part of shaving the heads of other participants, other people who had raised money for St. Baldrick's Day. And so, I mean, you you all know how it goes. You've got your morning planned. You've got your flow. And then to break up that flow and to do something as selfless as the guys at Sheridan's did for such a fantastic cause, I mean, all the kudos to them. So, weren't, weren't, weren't paid a dime for it. They just did nope. it because they're, they're good dudes. Very cool. So... <laughs> We owe them mass props. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years with six barbers. They are open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. 
and they have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to sheridansbarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137 and book your appointment today. Great people, great haircuts, Sheridan's Barbershop, where tradition, take two, where traditional meets modern. Jack, how many times have you read that 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 ad read? I have not done a lot. That. Okay, me. so so let's not delay our guest any further. Uh, I, I I I've made no qualms about it. Like I love this guy. I am really really sad he's leaving Chicagoland. Um, I'm excited for him, but I'm really bummed for us. He's been on the show what like four or five times now, and every single time we laugh so much um but i always listen back to the episode and go oh my god cam made a great point there and he made a great point there and i just every single time i'm just kind of he just he he lulls you in with that humor but he's always making great points and he's so good at what he does so we're really bummed to 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 be losing cam ellis but he's joining us live cam welcome to the show how are you buddy I'm good, guys. Thank you. I, I now I feel a lot of pressure to make either good points or funny <laughs> points, and so I don't want to. I don't want to make anyone's raise anyone's expectations, or I could be dumb and not funny. So I, let's 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 pump the brakes. But I'm I'm doing well. I'm do, how are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing we're doing great. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely kind of set you up big time, Cam. So if you don't make <laughs> me laugh out loud at least once, like you know, this is a total and utter complete failure. So yeah, I'm um, my whole band and very very serious. So we're not we're not making any jokes today. We're just we're taking things super seriously. I hope you guys are okay with that. All right. So I guess Cam, let's start off with this. Can you tell us about the new gig? What what's going on? You know, you're you're you've left six seventy the score, and you're headed to where? What's going on? Yeah, so I am joining um, ABC's affiliate in Denver, um, and there I'll be. Uh, I'll, it's sort of a sort of a weird, complicated job. Um, I am on two different desks. I am an editor for the assignment desk, and then an editor on the sports desk. So, some sports stuff, and then some not sports stuff. But um, but I'm out here in Colorado right now. I got in here last night, and um, my lips are super chapped, and it's hard to walk uphill. So it's. <laughs> It, it has been quite the adjustment so far, but I'm excited. It's 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 a scary, exciting time, but but I'm I'm, I'm stoked to be here. So, Cam, you are doing non-sports stuff. That means you have to be serious. Yeah, I have to go into the office like five days a week for eight hours, which I know is like not that weird comparatively. <laughs> like, but like I haven't had a meeting in four years. Like, and like I have eight <laughs> meetings tomorrow. Like, it is, it, it is. I'm, I'm just like, I hope you guys understand what I'm just really terrible at, like socializing with people in the office place because I have just been on my couch basically or at Bears games for the last th- three, four years. So. It's a weird adjustment, but um, I, I think I'm going to be like exhausted tomorrow and be like, oh my God, I have to do this for four more days this week. Um, but uh, but I, I'm excited to sort of give it another shot. It'll be a, uh, it'll be quite the adjustment, but I'm excited to do it. So I kind of want to put, I want to do like a, a Bruce Arians interview thing. Can we put you on the spot and have you deliver some news to us, Cam, right now? Just, you know. I guess there, so. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a bear in downtown Denver. I mean, right? Because that's what happens. That is what happens. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, they, it all happened really fast. Like literally, I want to say three weeks ago, I was just, you know, planning on doing combine coverage and draft coverage. And 
it just all really happened really quick. And then all of a sudden I was, you know, buying flights out here and looking at apartments and all, all that stuff. So it is life really comes at you fast, as they say. And it is I'm, I'm trying to catch up as best I can. But um, I'm excited to be out here, man. It's it's you always try to, you know, I feel like when you're when you're a little scared to, to be doing something new, I feel like that's kind of a good thing. And, uh, or that's what they say, you know, like, I don't necessarily feel that way, but I just hear everyone else say that They're like, Oh, if you're scared to do it, like it's a good thing. So I'll just take them at their word and hope that it is, you know, this goes well. I, we'll see. I don't know. I'll, I'll check in in like two weeks and be like, uh, <laughs> this is a disaster or it'll be great. I don't know. <laughs> Kim, is All there right. something that the two, two quick things, is there something that you're going to miss greatly from the Chicago area. And if you had to throw a bouquet out to someone who was like the most supportive or helpful or kind of your go-to in Chicago uh, in your experience there, who, who might that have been? Sure. Yeah. Um, I will definitely miss, uh, you know, it's funny. A bunch of people have been like, well, you miss my Chicago. I'm going to miss a lot. Like it, there just really is not another sports city in the country like Chicago. Like, and I, and I know that people that live in Chicago say that, but like, I think they almost don't really know how much different Chicago is than every other sports city in the country. Like, every, you know, there are football fans everywhere. There, you know, Boston's a sport, great sports city. You know, San Francisco's a great sports city, but it just, it's not the same as Chicago. Chicago is just a different level. So I, I will miss. I will miss that level of passion. You know, I, I think that that is not something you get anywhere else. I, so I will really miss the random people asking me like, oh, is Justin Fields good? Like, I, like, I don't think that's going to happen here necessarily as much. Um, so I would certainly miss that level of enthusiasm. Um, geez, people, I mean, there, there are so many people that were just, you know, for weirdly supportive of my shtick for no reason. Um, I, one person specifically I will say is um, Kevin Fishbane. Kevin Fishbane has always just been really, really nice to me. And he doesn't really have a reason to be. Uh, I'm like, uh, so he has just made it in a way that I never have made it, never will make it. And he is just a stud across the board. But he has always just been nice and supportive and, and sort of, been one of those guys that I always looked up to in terms of the traditional, you know, beat writers press that I never quite got to and was just always really nice. And, you know, beats can be clicky. The Bears beat isn't really, but sports beats can be really clicky. Um, and, and Kevin always did a great job of just being really, really nice and outgoing and, and helpful. So, um, you know, there are 10,000 people that I could say the exact same thing about in terms of nice and, and, and supportive, but he's sort of the guy that comes to mind. Cam, is it okay? I mean, obviously you spent so much time with the Bears. We are really kind of curious to get your thoughts before we ask some just kind of fun questions. Can, can we get your Bears thoughts before? I mean, you're I know you're in Denver, but yeah, no, can... it's, it's, awesome. your, it's your podcast. Like, ask, <laughs> like whatever you guys want to talk about, I am fine with. Please let me tell you, I, I don't have to talk about Denver once if you don't want to. I, anything you guys want to talk about, I'm good with. All right, so well, okay, we're going to stay with this first one. Which new Bears free agent do you think will make the greatest impact this season? I guess I can't say DJ Moore, right? Because he's not technically a free agent. Um, I'm going to give a little bit of a cheap answer and just say the linebackers in general. Um, but like TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds, like I think they're going to make a world of difference. I, I think that 
so much of the Bears' defense. I know we all love Jack Sanborn, but I, I, I think that so much of the Bears' defensive deficiencies last year came from kind of poor linebacker play. Like, uh, and especially in Matt Eberflus's defense, like that, that that's such an important part about it. You need linebackers that are athletic and can fit gaps and, and can you know shed blockers and do all the things that modern linebackers need to do especially in this defense and, and i think both linebackers they went and got sort of fit that mold um and, and i think they're just gonna make such a huge difference because i, I think you're gonna see the defense flow through those guys now in a way that it necess- not necessarily couldn't last year um and so so i think that and i don't think it's a secret that those were like the guys that went and got after first and foremost maybe not like one and two but really early on in the process like i i i think you saw what the bears prioritized when they went and got those guys right off the bat and so that's for me i think that is where it the 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 progress is gonna you're gonna see it immediately because you're gonna get linebackers that can really make plays vertically and horizontally and i think that was an issue the bears had last year in spades Cam, in your opinion, what's been the biggest surprise surrounding the Bears in free agency? It could be a signing they made, a signing they didn't make, um, a direction they took, even like something from one of the press conferences that happened later in the week. Uh, What's surprised you the most so far of free agency? Um, I was sort of expecting like a huge name signing, right? Like I, I... Whether it was good or bad, I was I was sort of expecting them to go get like in Ryan Pace style, go get their guy and just go maybe over pay like an egregious amount for someone. And they didn't do that, right? Like they, you could maybe nitpick here or there on certain signings and and certain amounts of money, and I, I think there's legitimate arguments for that. But I don't, I haven't seen a signing where it was just like, what are you doing, guys? Like why did you do that, right? Like I, I. I have been really pleasantly surprised with the restraints that Ryan Poles has showed with the amount of money that he had at his disposal. Like it, it would not, I wouldn't have blamed him if he just had that much money and just went and blew it on a bunch of dudes for a bunch of money. And all of a sudden there were, you know, four or five press conferences at Hallis hall with, you know, big name signings and all and like the, the whole nine yards in that sense. And I don't get the sense that the bears really did that. I, I thought I was really, really impressed with the restraints and, not just the restraint, but the – how do I put this? Every signing made sense. There was not a signing where you were like, oh, they just got him because he's good and because he's a big name and the Bears need to show that they're making progress in that sense, right? Like there, there, are, there are signings where you go, that doesn't really make sense to me, but you have a lot of money. You want to show the fans that you're invested in winning. You're going to go get a guy and you'll make it work. And for the most part, I, I think a lot of the Bears signings – in the way they were surprising show me that they were not going to get swayed by that temptation. They were going to go sign the guys that fit exactly what the athletic profile they wanted and the schematic profile they wanted. I thought the discipline, I guess I should say for long story short, the discipline in their signings, I was really impressed with. So that answer might in some ways relate to this question, but probably the loudest shouts have been, for the lack of signings in terms of the offensive line and the defensive line. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that the Bears were more aggressive in those two position groups? Uh, That's a good question. Um, (laughs) I I guess there's just like outside of Orlando Brown, I I think maybe you just look and go, hey, we're going to have a bunch of draft capital and that's where we're going to build. And I I think maybe – my guess is that they sat there with their teams and they went, hey, 
we want to get we want to attack these groups in free agency because that's where the strength is you know ryan Poles talked about how linebacker was kind of one of the strengths of free agency across the board positionally right like uh, they were just the value of, and position matched up at linebacker in a better way than it maybe it did offensive line or defensive line so i think maybe you, you know you get down to nine and you go hey there's some guys that you know can be had there at nine that maybe aren't we're necessarily weren't going to be at nine a month ago or, you know, at, you know, in the, in the, in the end of the first round, start of the second round, you get, you know, offensive tackle two, offensive tackle three. I think that's just probably where they felt like there was a better chance to get premium players than in the free agency. Um, I don't know. I, I, that's my guess, but yeah, it, I, I'm a little surprised that they didn't do anything on the offensive line. I, I, some of their defensive line signings recently, you know, the, the billings from Oakland made sense. People that know better than I do talked about how that made sense. Um, but yeah, I'm a little bit surprised that they went and got sort of a backup guard and that's it. So I, I think that's to me, that says that they're going to go grab one or two guys in the draft almost immediately on the line. Cam, uh, so before my question, let me just say, I'm going to miss you tremendously on Bears Twitter. I don't know uh, if there's anybody that appreciates your sarcasm more than me, so we're going to miss you. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, mm-hmm. But I want to ask your thoughts about uh, the rest of free agency. So we're kind of on, what, the second or third wave. It's been like three or four days since the Bears have signed anybody at all. Um, who's left and what do you think or what would you like to see them do with the rest of free agency? Who would you like to see them target or maybe positions? You know, I'd like to see them go find another wide receiver. Um, it doesn't need to be OBJ. Like, like I don't think they need to go give OBJ $25 million a year. But I just really, really think that there's no downside of stocking your wide receivers. And I personally am not super big on Chase Claypool. So I, I that maybe like skews how I feel about this. And, you know, I like Darnell Mooney, but I think Darnell Mooney's ceiling is maybe pretty close to being reached. And um, so uh, I, I just think you have to go get a bunch of guys and some of them aren't going to be good. And some of them are, but wh- when you're, when you have one or two years left of figure of Justin Fields runway in the sense that, you're you know you're doing fifth year options and you're figuring out plans after that you you have one or two more seasons worth of blind faith in justin fields i should say i think you just need to get as many guys in the room as you can and just stockpile that area with talent so any to any sort of flyers you want to take on wide receivers i'm good with because that that is just going to be so much better than what they had last year like anyone they get in free agency is going to be a market improvement over basically all of last year so that that is who i would want to see them go get after and if that's in the draft that's in the draft but there are guys in free agency that i think are are, are still better than guys that played for them last year so that's what i want to get them at but yeah if it's going to be offensive or defensive line like that's how polls builds out teams i'm fine with that too right now they only have five receivers on the roster with uh Valus jones and equinemia st brown kind of at that bottom of right. the roster right now. So is there a guy like that you have in mind or are you just saying like whoever's out there, like bring him in for a visit, see if it's a good fit. Yeah. I think it's just bring them out for a visit and see if they would fit. You know, I, I think that you could look down, you could go. Yeah. I think DJ Chark is still out there, right? Like, I don't know. I'm looking at the free agent list right now. Um, you know, 
I don't really know per se, but I think you just want to go get proven pros and see if you can slot them in there. And if it works, it works. And it doesn't, it doesn't. But I like, I think we saw what happens when the bears don't go get proven pros. Like I had a wide receiver last year. And I, I think anyone even still unsigned now is probably going to be an improvement over the very bottom of their depth chart. If we focus in a little bit more on the draft and draft day, what's your gut telling you the bears will do with that first pick and uh, what would you like to see them do? I'd kind of like to see them trade down again. Like I, just because it's so fun, like, and no one does that. And, and you can go get another couple top 50 picks with that. But I think you're probably not going to do that. I, so I, I think you're sticking at nine and you're going to go get, you know, the, the Ohio state wide receiver, you're going to get the Ohio state tackle. I think those are just offense, right? Like just please make it offense. And, <laughs> and I am, I appreciate that they built some on the defense a little more aggressively than people expected, but I, I think you just need to go, okay, Matt Eberflus is good at teaching defenses. They hired him because he is supposedly good at making defenses punch above their weight. Let's see it happen. And, and let's go, Let's go make sh- let's go make sure they don't have to punch their way above their weight on offense. Let's go give him and Justin Fields an abundance of tools. Let's go give them the best line possible that they can do this year. And let's let's go be sure if Justin Fields is good or bad. We you don't really care if the defense is good or like I know you care, but you don't really right like you, like that's not gonna <laughs> your sanity right like it, it, it'll be what it'll be but what you need to know right now is if Justin Fields is the guy and people have hunches now and that's all well and good but no one really knows for sure yet and so go give Justin Fields a season or two with more than enough excuses to say he is or isn't the guy. And I think that's where you're going to take premium guys in the draft and say, Hey, there's no excuse for you to be good or bad right now. Like go figure it out. Dangle. This is one of those instances you were talking about earlier. You're going to go back and listen to it and go like, that was a great point by Cam. I hope so. Or they're just bad. And they're like, Oh, I'm so glad he's out of here now. <laughs> Kim, I have uh, one more draft question before uh, just some general fun stuff. But yeah. uh, And I think I know your answer to this, but it's been such a big talking point this week. Uh, Jalen Carter has been just a huge lightning rod for people who um, <clears throat> you know, potentially can see him falling because of the legal issues. And then, of course, he has his pro day, shows up 10 pounds overweight, doesn't finish his conditioning. So if he's sitting there at nine, what do you do? Are you, do you like want to take a flyer on him? Are you completely out? Like, and I think knowing how you want to go offense, I think I know how you're going to answer, but I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So it's two parts because like one, yes, I I would want to go offense, but it's not because of Jalen Carter. Like I I think Jalen Carter is still going to be good. And, and I think that there are plenty of examples in the last X amount of years where, Guys fall for certain reasons, and and it doesn't end up ultimately affecting their pro careers, right? Like there are a bunch of good articles from the combine talking about sort of the the weird aspect of where his miscretions were the the talk of the combine, but they were also at the same time being like, hey, this isn't really going to affect how teams view him, right? Like he may drop six or seven spots but he's gonna go in the top 15 picks he's gonna he's gonna sign for big money he's gonna be a starting stud on a team so 
if the Bears just surprised everyone, and I mean, not everyone, but if the Bears surprised a fair amount of people and took him, I'd be like, yeah, that's a smart pick. Like, it makes sense. They could use him. That's it's the 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 mystical three tech in Matt Eber, Matt Eberflus's offense, defense. Excuse me. Um, but I I think you. I think you go offense. I just think you need a tackle. You need a stud wide receiver. Like there, you can figure it out on defense. You can you can patch it together on defense. And and I mean the Bears had a terrible defense last year, and they were in a bunch of games. Like you don't you don't need to be a you don't need to be the the best defense in the last twenty years to show improvement. And so I think the Bears are going to go. Hey, if we get a thirty percent better defense, we'll live with that. But I and, and we're going to go give. Justin Fields, everything he needs. And I think that's the right way to do it. I mean, you know, outside of how you build modern teams in the NFL in terms of prioritizing offense, um, I just think the Bears owe it to Justin Fields to give him dudes. And I think that's if you're if when you're drafting nine and you have a you franchise quarterback in place, like and you don't have a dude, what else are you gonna do? Right? Like, like he deserves his dude, give him his dude, let's be done with it and see how it goes. That is that's like another great point, though. I think in Chicago, we've kind of been conditioned to think we need uh, a really, really good defense because we've had so many historically bad offenses. But you're right. Like we did. The defense just needs to be serviceable if we have a really good offense, which is the way the modern NFL is trending. So that's a really good, a really good way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, like the secondary is in a good position, right? And then the secondary affects the pass rush and vice versa. So like they have a piece, they have an entire level of their defense sort of in place more or less. And yeah. so it's not like you're built. It's not like they're building their defense from scratch the way they're kind of building their offense from scratch. Like you, if you have a good unit on defense in place, that does permeate into the other layers of the defense. And if you get some studs in the linebackers, like all of a sudden you have two good levels, decent levels of defense. And that really can, cover a lot of deficiencies so i I think you make your value signings on defense and free agency and they've done that and now you go spend your draft capital on you know the 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 certified studs and then you figure it out from there and i i have no problem with that big team building i think it's pretty smart frankly yep 100% on board with that i could get into an argument about that but i don't know if we have time i'll just say that i'd love that that'd be great we did well. We did. We did see a lot last year, and I know the the whole point of last year wasn't necessarily winning games at at a certain point. But the defense, especially in the fourth quarter, when teams were starting to pass more, trying to get ahead, that defensive line wasn't there. I mean, you still you still need defense yeah. to win games. And if, like somebody with uh, let's look at the Chiefs with what their defensive line was able to do with the Eagles. Chris Jones, a high second. A, can't remember if he was a high second round pick, but he was a second round pick and he just wreaked havoc. So it's just, it's one of those, like you do need both, but I'll go back to your earlier point about trading down, just get all those assets, get a stud offensive lineman, get a stud defensive lineman, just continue to build those trenches. But I do understand what you mean. Like get somebody who can actually protect and lock down one of the ends or both of the ends of the offensive line, depending on how many picks you have and just let fields go to work with his new toys with, with DJ Moore and, you know, that revamped uh, wide receiver core. I also think like people, I think it's such an exciting offense, uh, excuse me, such an exciting off season for the bears Mm. that, I think some people think that it's all needs to get solved this offseason. Like, this is not a one-year thing. And I think that has maybe been a talking point that people have sort of lost the plot on this offseason, which is this is a two- or three-year rebuilding plan. And and you could say that last year was a rebuilding year, but it kind of was not. Like, it was sort of setting the stage for rebuilding. Like, you sort of need that year to just – 
be terrible and win three games and lose 10 games in a row to sort of set the rebuilding era on a more on a smart path and so like i don't think this offensive line looks anything like the next nfc championship bears offensive line like i so i i think that you think about what positions you really value in the first year and get there and then go, okay, we have our wide receivers. Okay. We have our secondary. And, and then next year they're going to have a buttload of money and a buttload of draft picks and they can go, Oh, like we already have those positions done. Let's go get, you know, a nose tackle. Let's go get two great guards. And so I, I think people thought that they were going to try and, knock everything out in one swing and i think that that's where some of this frustration from bears fans is coming from is that like it was never going to be a one swing off season it was gonna it was gonna be a couple years i think okay i'm gonna throw one out right if that's okay kind of go off because uh, on that i i guess what i'm thinking a little bit about is you know in the 38 years since we won a super bowl i've not always been microscopically looking at every gm and the moves that they made but i made a list of what i think polls has done so far that i think is unique and i'd be curious to see what you all think whether or not he is an outlier or if he's just doing what good gms do but here's what i've got so far so he he's taking all these things into consideration um the bears timeline and the rebuild trying to build for long-term sustained success he's looked at positional scarcity he's looked at cap room he knows he's got to sign the rookies to contracts he knows he has to sign extensions he knows he's got to have fields on a contract when his rookie contract is over. So he's considering all of the money. Uh, he's considering what you said, scheme and fit. How do they fit into our scheme? He's looking at overall player profiles. Are they long? Are they lean? Can they run? Are they athletic? He's looking at scouting uh, and player assessments. He's looked at the draft and accumulating draft picks. Uh, and he's looked at character. And it looks like, in, in a, if I'm missing something, please add it because I'd love to hear. But in that, I feel like he is doing something that we have not seen from a Bears GM. Am I carrying the water for him, as Shells likes to say, and giving him too much credit? Or is this a – is it good? Is he doing good? It seems like he's doing good. <laughs> I think he's doing good. Like, I, I think it's it's people are kind of scared to jump and be like, oh, he's a good GM. Like, this is working because I, I get it. Like, hey, Bears fans have been hurt before, right? Like, the, the Ryan Pace was a good GM until he wasn't. So, but, I, you know, I, I think he's doing a good job. You know, I, I think there's plenty of room for him to stop doing a good job. But I but I, I don't know how you look at the moves. I'd be interested in what you guys think about this because I don't, I don't know how you look at how he is – operated since he joined the bears and be mad or sad like do you think if ryan pace was the gm that both roquan smith and david montgomery would be gone like i i don't think so at all like i I think they would both be still on the bears under very large new contracts and i think those the fact that they're not sort of speaks to what ryan poles is doing which is sort of modernizing the thought process and building a team there and I, i think you know, you guys would know better than I would, but I think so many Bears fans for have, for decades have been crying out for a more modern approach to team building. And, and I think this is sort of what it looks like. And I think it's it's foreign for a lot of people because it's not what they're used to. But this is, to my knowledge, what modern team building looks like. It, it does kind of, and I, I'll admit my history is limited because I just kind of go back to like the early 2000s as, you know, where my Bears fandom and really NFL fandom starts. So 
forgive me, but this may not be the best comparison. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Jerry Angelo. And I know some people are going to scoff when they say that, but Jerry Angelo didn't really like spend a ton of money in free agency. He usually, he tried to build through the draft. He was all about trading back, you know, building as many draft picks and capital as possible. I mean, he was the last guy we talked about it last week. He was the last GM to trade out from, to get two first round picks. And in 2008, they had like 12 picks. I think polls like matched that this past year in the 2022 draft. So he built through the draft. They targeted specific areas to boost up like offensive line or, I mean, not even wide receiver at times or running back, but you know, he took kind of like microscopic approaches to fill those gaps and then build through the draft. And I mean, it's not much to write home about because it didn't bring home a championship, but at the very least he brought division championships and playoff wins. And it just feels like a little bit more like that. Like bears fans are clamoring for some of the big moves and the big splashes. Angelo very rarely did that. He built through the draft and like it or not, that's kind of the best form of success that we've had as Bears fans in the last 20 plus years. I think that's what is interesting to me too, is you mentioned a couple of things that he hasn't done polls, right? And if you think about the Bears' timeline, maybe there's a time in which you make big swings for big players, but you've said it disciplined, or I like to use the word pragmatic. Perhaps now is not the time to do it. You can roll some of that cap over, And you might know that your window is going to be a little bit down the road. And while people are super pissed on Twitter, you don't care because you, you understand, right? We're going to seal up the linebackers this off season. And then we're going to seal up the wide receivers a little bit better. And we're going to bolster the DBs. You know what? And maybe we're going to have to kick this one down the road a little bit, but I don't know. It's, it's not punching in the dark, overpriced older guys at the ends of their careers who have big names and I, to me, that that's a Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. Yeah, I mean, we could. We're, we're, we're still playing Danny for- Trevathan, guys. Like, I, right? Yeah. I mean, right. so so I think other than allowing Cam to walk this off season, I think Brian Poles has had a great off season personally. Um, but it, I think what we're seeing is he's ripping off the band aid, and I think what we didn't realize, to your all's point, is the band aid's a lot bigger than we thought it was. It's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a longer rip than um, than we thought, and that's okay. Uh, but again, this goes back to like things that we just we're not comfortable with as Bears fans. We're not comfortable with this kind of like competency and doing things the right way, and and having a, a modern approach to team building. And so I think we're going to like have to adjust along with polls and the way he's doing things. But uh, just because it doesn't fit whatever our paradigm is for how. Uh, a team should be built doesn't mean it's wrong, right? Like, I think we just got to give it time and see how it plays out. But I'm glad I've said it a couple weeks ago. I'm just glad to see that he's kind of thinking um, against the conventional bears wisdom. And it may not be unconventional, like, but it's against what we're used to. It's just thinking kind of outside the box and against what we're normally used to seeing. And I'm, and I'm happy to see it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anyone wanted to be the like, proverbial off-season winners right like that that doesn't play well that doesn't typically typically win like the the rams did it one time and that worked and like uh, that good for them but now look where the rams are and i guess you could argue that like it was worth the super bowl and uh, it's probably not wrong but you know the the long the long arc of history shows that just because you spend a, a buttload of money in free agency does not 
equate to anything of any real value, I would say. I think the only thing I'm going to say is he is a, so this is his second season as a GM or he really is his first full, full off season. I think he's made a couple mistakes, but you know, he's, he's new. He's learning the position. I mean, I don't, if you're not excited about where this team is trending, like I don't, I don't understand that, but I also think you can be critical of some of the things that, you know, offensive line. I know Cam, you you mentioned it earlier. I I do think you needed to overspend for, for somebody on that offensive line, someone on the defensive line. Yeah. You can get some really good bargain guys and and maybe you're going to draft somebody, but, but, but the draft is a crapshoot, right? It's, I mean, if you're hitting on 50% of your draft picks, you're, 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 you're stellar as, as, as a GM. And, you know, I, I just, I, I think that a lot of bears fans have this mindset right now that well we'll just draft these guys and they're just going to be perfect. And they're going to be great. You know, as long as we draft them in the first and second round, then, then they're going to be, perfect there's been a lot of busts in the Mm. first and second round right and while i think ryan poles is a really smart guy i'm very happy that he is the bears gm i i I think a little bit of insurance in the places where there were the biggest holes offensive and defensive line i i I, you know i i I think he missed i think he missed Mm -hmm. this so far maybe that's just me would you guys have been happy with Orlando Brown at $64 million, even knowing that like he doesn't really fit any position or a scheme on the Bears? That's a great question. I probably would have been okay with it. if It's still a lot. Um, if it was right tackle, because mm-hmm. it, he does project as a better right tackle. He's played a better right tackle. Um, I was personally hoping for Jawan Taylor mm-hmm. because just of how he's improved as a pass blocker and knowing he was going to be a right tackle. But, of course, the Chiefs signed would be to be a left tackle. I guess I just wanted – there's flaws with all these guys because they hit free agency for a reason. We know that. But you still need to create competition if you're even going to draft these guys. Like let's say Paris Johnson comes in. He's the guy at number nine right now. Are you just going to stick him there and let him compete with somebody like Larry Borum? Or do you want to sign a veteran to maybe a two-year deal like Isaiah Wynn, for example, is out there? Go get him. Let them compete. Best man wins. Maybe Johnson or whoever needs to sit for a bit and develop, which is perfectly okay. That happens. But I'm just kind of all about like the let's create competition. Let's bring guys in. Maybe they're not on lucrative deals. And those still could be coming because there's still plenty of guys out there. But uh, yeah, to just have one maybe premier guy come in and uh, you know maybe shore up that line, I, I would I was expecting to see that. So um, yeah. you know it, that's that's just how I feel. It feels like they needed to raise the floor a little bit. On that's the a good way to put it. Line. And I, I, I'm not even like so upset about the tackle position. And I said it um, a while back on Twitter. Like for me, it's the interior. I I really want to see them go out. I wanted to see them go out and get a, a pretty decent center or another uh, stud guard because too many times last year you saw guys just coming right out the gut and getting to Justin Fields, and I think that's where he's super vulnerable. I think he can sense some of the pressure off the edge and can get around those guys, as we saw him do, um, on the, using his legs to escape. But when that pressure came up the middle, like he was, you know, he was deer in headlights. He hadn't to go. So I really, I, to me, I almost feel like center is the more important position here than right tackle. Um, because like we were rolling up with Sam Mustafer until recently and now it's well, Cody Whitehair can play center again, but who, I, I mean, I don't know who is the bear starting center going into next year. We don't know yet. Right. Um, maybe you draft a guy, you're not going to draft him in the first round. So 
you're going to count on a second round, maybe uh, rookie center to be your guy. Um, that's possible, I guess. But I wanted and I, I guess I wanted to see them uh, sign like a sort of uh, higher floor, competent, professional veteran center to sort of bridge the gap. But um, I don't know. That That's just me. I, I the tackle would have been nice. But to me, it's it's the interior. Yeah, to Ryan's point, I guess I think it's one of the weird things about Ryan Poles so far is that, especially with the offensive line, he just loves being like, I don't know, like we'll just see how they do in practice. Like it's <laughs> it, it, it's such a weird because usually you know you know there's some moving around, but more or less you know who's going to be your tackles and your guards and your center. And even last year, like guys were just getting moved around nilly willy and we're just talking they're like yeah if they do well at guard they're gonna play guard and if they do well at tackle they're gonna play a tackle he seems to be very fond of just having more or less four or five offensive linemen and say hey play the positions and whichever one you do best at that's where you're gonna play on sunday which is sort of a weird way to do it i'm not i don't know if it's good or bad but it's certainly different than what i feel like i'm used to hearing from other teams He's a former offensive lineman. Like that's the thing that that, that just like I, I again, I want to make every sure everyone understands this is I am really happy that he is our GM. I'm really happy. I think he's made some phenomenal decisions. I know that some people are not happy with the, the linebackers. I'm very excited about the linebackers uh that that the Bears sign. I think they're going to be fantastic. But that that this is I I, it's early, but again, it's I just it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. You all make excellent points, and I, I do think there there's no denying elite talent and what that can do for your for your team. There's there's very few arguments against just hiring you know or getting somebody that is like elite and can make a huge difference. I am personally okay right now with the one factor that we haven't brought up this at least this show is the fact that we now have a coaching staff that seems to be dedicated to developing players. And this is more so than I have seen in the time that I've been a bears fan. And I've talked about how I love Chris Morgan. And I think that he, he, we stole him from Pittsburgh and I think he's a great offensive line coach for now. I'm okay with this. Let's have open competition, find the best guys in the best position and, and then hopefully we can solidify it, like keep it sustained and gelled because then there's that factor of, you know, getting to the point where you play next to a guy and you don't even have to like communicate verbally because you know exactly what they're going to do and where they're going to be. And that's hopefully the longer term goal, but, but it's, it's a bit precarious. I think you make, you make great points. Can I throw out like a wild um, thought here and, is it possible because he's an offensive lineman that maybe he's being too picky in terms of what he wants to see or what he expects out of other offensive linemen? Is it like a little bit of too good for my daughter kind of thing where he's like, I need, I need the perfect offensive lineman. And because I've done this before and I know what it looks like. And that's not, that doesn't fit the model of what I think an offensive lineman should be. Um, and maybe he has to be a little less picky in terms of what he's looking for in the offensive line. Any thoughts on that? I just popped into my head last week, and I'm like, maybe he's just over scrutinizing what um, offensive lineman should be because he's holding him to kind of like a really high standard inside his head because he's a, a former offensive lineman himself. Um, I think in a sense he is because reports have come out that he was all the way in on Mike McGlinchey, like going right down to the wire. 
the Broncos offered more money and he said, no, I'm not doing that. He's not worth it. And then I think something could be said for the same thing with Juwan Taylor because he got left tackle money. Maybe Ryan Poles. We, we don't know for a fact that he was in on Juwan Taylor. We do know that they were in on Mike McGlinchey. So I, I think in a sense, Shells, he is kind of being picky because he's like, look, I, I value these guys to a point. And he said this in, in his press conference, like the value has got to be there. Right. So if he has them assigned, like, okay, we have it at, let's say just $40 million. I'm just putting a cap out there and they go up to 50 million with somebody like McGlinchey. He's like, I'm not spending 10 million over that. I got to stick to my guns. So I think that is, maybe it's not specific to linemen, but he's really like, sounds like he's sticking to his value chart with, yeah. with how he creates players. It also screams job security to me. Like, you know, like <laughs> if, if, if you, when you're not, when you know you're not on the hot seat at all, you can, you can build an offensive line in four years and then, and then that's okay. Like if I bet that he probably would have come into the last second over someone's offer if he was feeling the heat a little bit. And, you know, Rappaport was talking about how, oh, like people are saying that if they're not good next year, like changes could be made. You know, they want a good team when they come to Arlington Heights and this isn't happening. So the the, the speed with, with, with which they are building the team in terms of money at certain positions and maybe not necessarily going and getting the biggest guy at the most impactful position just because they have the money to do so. To me, it screams, hey, I know I'm going to be here for three, four, five years. And I know that really, really fundamentally sound teams more or less take two or three or four years to build in totality. So, you know, it's not it's not the most important point in the world, but I do think that there is a little bit of a, hey, I don't have to spend all $100 million this year. I'm not going to get fired. I, I, we don't need to win 12 games next year. Like the window's open, but it's not, it's not like it's such a dumb thing to say, but like it's not closing either. Like it, they, they had the windows started opening now and, and they know that and they can take their time in terms of NFL time, right? Like it's not going to be a five year thing, but it, if they win eight games next year, that's a really, really good improvement. And it's not fun in the terms of you're not watching necessarily playoff football, but that's, you know, that's a huge improvement, eight games. That is a – they win eight games next year, everyone's amped going into the following year, right? Like that is that is a good season, and I think that's sort of what you're shooting for in terms of the next step of this. So, Cam, before – we, I know Brennan has probably my favorite question to ask you. We got a listener question that, that we'd love to put out there. So uh, Curtis wants to know – because, Patrick, you kind of already addressed uh, your thoughts on this. Um, so, Cam, what do you think? Do you start a veteran, a veteran at center, uh, Lucas Patrick or Cody Whitehair? Uh, do you bring in somebody else? Do you draft and trust a rookie to do it? What, do you, what are you doing at center? Um, I think you're doing both. And this is, I'm sorry for that stupid answer, but I think you start a veteran, right? Like I think you off the bat start a veteran. And I think it is, it is well established that offensive lines take time to gel. Most even good offensive lines are not as good at the beginning of the year as they're at the end. It is a thing that, you know, I remember Kyle Long always talking about how he didn't really care how the offensive line played the first like month or so, because it, it takes time to gel in that way. And, and you sort of learn who you're playing with and you, and you learn the tendencies of guys. And so to that point, I think that having a, a veteran at center is advantageous for that, for, for that starts. I, I think you, you draft a rookie and you go, Hey, you're our center of the future. We're going to let you sit behind Cody white here for a month for six weeks or until you absolutely, we can't afford for you to not. And then you're playing center. But until then, like there are worse 
centers and Cody Whitehair. Cody Whitehair is not, you know, making the first ballot Hall of Fame, but he is he he is do he is doable for five weeks in September and October. And I think so. That is. I think you 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 get his successor in line in the building this year if you can, but you don't rush him and, and you let Cody Whitehair sort of or Lucas Patrick run the show until you go, hey, you know, this could be better, and then you see where this the rookie is. I feel like that that might actually raise the the floor just a little bit, right? I mean, Cody Whitehair is, I mean, anything is better than Sam Mustafer, mm-hmm. so. Brendan, is Kramer, I mean, is Doug Kramer in the discussion? I mean, I, I don't know. I, if he's healthy, uh, you got a three-way center competition. Uh, I don't know. Oh, God, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do that. How do, I see, why, how do you set him up there? like that? How doing, did you man? set him right on a tee for you, didn't I? <laughs> Talking about man beaters last week, and now we're okay. can we okay? Can we bring it back? Can we bring it, please, please? We have Cam Ellis here. Let's try to class up the joint just a little bit. Wow. Sorry, Cam. I apologize for the vulgarity here. That was my fault. Yeah, totally unlike us. I didn't know this was the X-rated Bears podcast. Is that what you mean? Uh oh, we're losing Cam a little bit here. Hopefully, it got so and- X-rated his internet couldn't take it. <laughs> and oh, what a fa- what a face to be frozen on! Oh too. no, you are all- Cam, are you still you still with us? You're all just slaying him. Okay, I'm back. Okay, you guys got me? all right. Yeah, we got you. All right, so Brendan, should we? Perfect. Okay. Yep, let's do it. Just gonna take a minute here. <laughs> um, so Cam, you've uh, you've been covering the Bears now for a few a few years. I think you got here in like I want to say 2018, 2019. I don't know if he's still here. He might he might be frozen. But um, now that you're leaving, now that you're departing, I want to hear your favorite moment covering the Bears. Could be anything, and then least favorite as well. Again, could be anything. And he hated well, the question. So, oh <laughs> man, I like I'm very anxious because I know he's had some some interactions. Like the very first time we had him in the podcast, he was talking about how he was in a a taxi, and the the driver didn't notice him, didn't recognize him at first. But then as soon mm-hmm. as he he heard his voice, he's like, "Oh, that you're Cam Ellis." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like. All right, well, Kim, I'm back. I made it. All right, there we appearing, go. Appearing on this podcast has to be number one, right? Turns out this uh, <laughs> highway motel doesn't have the best internet service. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Russ is probably somewhere out there cooking, and he's, like, messing said. everything up. Uh, he's doing high knees in the hallway. He is right now. <laughs> he's doing what in the hallway? <laughs> high knees. Can we? Can oh, we? Can knees. we? Just- focus. Okay. Focus. <laughs> Cam Ellis. All right, so, so Cam, I'll, I'll preface this a little bit. <laughs> I know you've talked about some like moments around Chicago, like, you know, being on the podcast when you were with uh, NBC Sports Chicago and all that. But like, what's your like all time favorite moment, like covering the Bears, maybe some at the stadium, some a story you did and then maybe least favorite, like something that maybe didn't go well or was super awkward. Yeah, sure. Um, my my all time favorite moment was I got to be in LA for Bears Rams, whatever, 2019, I want to say. Um, it was Sunday night. It was like at the Coliseum. It was, and it was just, it, it, it was just the coolest thing. And just the energy being at the Coliseum, the, you know, the lights, the uniforms, like it was such a, 
it was such, such a big moment in terms of my career, but also just the grandeur of it all was just so incredible. And I just remember sitting there and pinching myself and being like, it's crazy that I'm here doing this as a job, like I'm getting paid to do this. So I'll always remember, you know, that trip specifically as just being a sort of, sort of a really, a really important moment in the, the that aspect of my career. Um least favorite moment like any time driving back from house hall like like a, um <laughs> the, the four hours it would take to get back into town um uh there there are some there are some tough press conferences i would say where um i would have a hard time not like being professional but like i would feel really bad for these guys and i, I had a tough time w- being cold in the way that I think beat writers really need to be cold. Like these, mm-hmm. these were guys that were my age and had just made it right. Like their, their entire lives, they were the best at what they did and, and they achieved their dream. And it, they were the one, you know, 0.001% of guys who played football that achieved their dream. And then just sitting there, you know, whether whoever it was uh, having to be like, Hey, like, why do you suck at this? Like, or like, like th- that oh was a weird God. aspect of it. And then mm-hmm. I remember leaving a fair amount of press conferences feeling really almost guilty for being like, who am I to be like, you're not good at football. Like it was a weird thing because it's a perfectly fair question. Like, I, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're a professional football player like that, that that's part of it. You, you need to answer those questions. And if you're not performing, someone will, but I, I remember always, you know, people, you know, my editors would be like, hey, like, try and ask, like, why he hasn't played well. And I was like, I, I don't really want, like, who am I to say he's not playing well? And so that that sort of, that aspect of it was always my least favorite because I always felt sort of weird telling a professional football player that they weren't good at football because, like, who, well, well, I don't know that. Like, why would I say that? It was, so that that was sort of the, seeing, seeing the ugly side of mm-hmm. pro football was my least favorite part, I would say. That's a really that is a really insightful answer, and I I have a lot of respect for you saying that because yeah, like these these guys are they're making millions of dollars, they're playing a game, they're I mean they've made it in life, like you said, they've had so much success, and you have to be the one to say why did you make this play or what happened on this bad play, and you kind of have to get them at their worst moments. Yeah, um, I have a one quick follow up to that. Sure. Like, have you had those kind of like awkward? has like have players kind of like looked at you like dude come on man like don't don't ask me that bs or whatever or it, I'm, I'm sure you have like good relationships oh, yeah. with those guys though yeah no certainly um you know there are so many times where most of the time when i thought it was a good question it wasn't and then like the opposite would be true too where i was like all right like I guess I'll ask this question. I don't really like it. And, and like I would get a really insightful answer. So it just shows how much I was overthinking. I remember um I remember, remember what, like, right, I think it was his rookie year, Justin Fields, like, got, after the game was on camera, like, got, it wasn't him, but, like, someone failed him, like, handing out candy and money to kids mm-hmm. at a gas station or something. Yeah. Um, and I remember the next day I asked him, and I was just like, hey, man, um, and, like, quarterback press conferences are on camera. Like, this is not a mm-hmm. locker room. Like, this is on, this is live broadcast. And I was like, hey, man, like, like, I saw you did that the other day. Like, is it cool that, do you think it's cool that everyone like 
really loves that you're doing that. And he was just like, nah, man, it's like not really about that. And I'm really pissed off that like it was on camera and like, I don't really care. and I don't want to talk about that. And I was just like, okay, I'm so sorry. Like, I was just kind of like, <laughs> like I was throwing a softball at you and exactly. you just yeah, I was hit like, it back right in my face. <laughs> you can talk about your charitable like drive if you want to in this moment. And he just was not having it and was like, I really wish like that didn't even come up. And I was just like, I'm so sorry. Like, uh, um, so like, I remember that one. Um, there were times I remember asking Matt Nagy questions and Vic Fangio, especially Vic Fangio would just make you feel like an idiot. Like uh, you would, you would ask something and he would just be like, no, it's dumb. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there were, there were, there were, I, you know, I think the, the good beat writers, the ones I talked to, they would always say there's no such thing as a stupid question. And I think they were just saying that like to make them sit, like you have to kind of feel that way because you sort of have to ask stupid questions sometimes. And uh, a part of the job is learning that it's not stupid to ask stupid questions because you sort of have to ask about those things. And that even if you don't necessarily think it's a smart question, it is a topical point of conversation 98% of the time. And I think I, I always really struggled with my inner internal monologue being like, oh, that's a really stupid question. But also like, it's not a stupid question in the context of information, which is what being a beat writer is all about. And like, I have such a, you know, paralysis when it comes to public speaking and 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 asking questions i would sit there at press conferences and just like cold sweat like would be just like pouring down my face and i would just ask like uh like are you gonna be healthy tomorrow and like that was the question i could like get out of my mouth so um it was it was always sort of a tough i never got quite good at press con i never got as good as i wanted to at press conferences yet i should say um and so that was always sort of the most stressful part of the job but when you get an answer and they like say your first name back at you and they're like that's a good question man you're just like on cloud nine the rest of the day it just throws There's- me cam because you've been so engaging in every single time that we've had you on man it just seems so natural to you yeah i thought it would be you know <laughs> like i was, I was- <laughs> I was very, very surprised when um, I just like got there and I was like, oh, this is really stressful. And this is like, a, it's really intense, man. Like you gotta, you gotta talk over other people and, and you gotta really come at it with conviction and you can't, you can't be swayed when you get a one word answer or, you know, you get a sort of bristly reaction. There's, there's a level of people pleasing that you have to sort of forget about in press conferences. And I was never really very good at that uh, i always sort of got in my own head when like i didn't quite get the response i was expecting there's so a cam sorry there's a good chance that matt aggie is still answering one of your former questions too <laughs> with the word salad still yeah. going still going i right, will so- give, i will give matt Nagy credit he was always pretty good about not being a jerk about like dumb questions like he he didn't give smart answers but like he didn't he wasn't mean either and so I'll, i will always give him a little bit of a a, a benefit of the doubts he may not have been smart enough to realize it was a dumb question yeah maybe right exactly like if he was smarter he would have been meaner i guess i don't know and, uh, he was always really nice and cordial so i don't have the beef with matt Nagy that 98 percent of bears fans do. <laughs> okay, Cam, we know we, we got to get you out of here. Two, two things. What is one thing about Chicago land that you're excited to see in the rearview mirror? You talked about press conferences with the Bears, but just like maybe it's the traffic, maybe maybe it's the food. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Something that you are totally fine with it, like leaving it, going off to Denver. And then 
you know, is there anything that you want to say to Bears fans or Chicagoland people, anything as, as you're headed off to Denver? Quite a bit. Um, I, I will not miss uh, – you're going to get me started on rant here. I will not miss the lack of personal space awareness that exists in the Midwest. Like I <laughs> – I have never been more angry than the way people just walk out of restaurants and just stop in the doorways or the way that like people will walk two feet behind you for 40 blocks. And there's just this weird spatial awareness thing going on in the Midwest that I just never got used to. You know, the, the walking's a little slower than I was used to. And there was just this weird personal space dynamic that always just drove me up a wall. So I will, I will not miss that aspect of it. Um, I will not miss O'Hare airport by any means. Um, so that's sort of, that's the one thing that even like being in Denver the last 18 hours, like I've just been like, Oh, people here like walk normal speeds. And like, I don't, I don't run into people because they just stop randomly for no reason. Um, so I won't miss that. Um, yeah. In terms of talking, you know, the bears fans and what, you know, the, I, I, you know, I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to make this feel like it's a victory lap because I don't feel like I've achieved that much. But it was everyone has just been so nice and everyone was just so eager to talk to me. And, you know, even when I like started to gain a little bit of reputation um, in terms of my shtick and in terms of my tweets, like and I could see how that turns off most people like that. It never surprised me when people are like, oh, I don't really understand like why people are mean or like they don't get it. I'm like, I do. Like most people don't think it's funny. I spend most of my time like explaining why it's funny. I don't. I, I don't think that's a good sign. Um, <laughs> and so I, I certainly don't blame them. But they never. It never really got negative. Like they were always just so engaging and 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 nice and interested in what I had to say, which is really weird. Like it, it is a very weird sensation to have random people want to know what you think and and it, it i don't ever want to take that for granted because it really means a lot and it, it just it was a great great i could not have asked for a better place to work in sports like it was it, even if i go get a, a the my dream job somewhere it, it will in many ways not compare to what working in chicago was like because it, it was just it was such an incredible, rewarding experience, and there just is not another place to cover sports. Like it, it, anyone who works in sports, I think, should go work in Chicago because it is just an entirely different ball game, and it is just the most enjoyable, fun, exciting every single day experience. And so, I, I thank every single person for being exactly how they wanted to be because it was, it was, it was a really, really, really fun time in life. Damn, Cam. Uh, I just again, I I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to sound like a, a broken record, but dude, we are we're so bummed that you're leaving, but super thrilled for you. Hoping that uh, Bears play Broncos at some point. You're you're willing to come back to the pod and they play them this year. On. They do this year, yeah. So, so I and I was trying to be, you know, trying to, you know, like you know, softball <laughs> it a little bit, but yes, okay. So we can we can you will you come back when the Bears play? Uh, play the Broncos. I will. I will come back literally anytime you want, any week. I'll come back tomorrow if you guys want me to. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. It doesn't have to be about the Bears at all, I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I mean, I, absolutely. You guys, honestly, like this 
this podcast has been so much nicer to me than I ever deserved and has just been so accommodating and interested. And all of you guys are just so great. And I'm so glad that I know all of you guys because it was just so rewarding. And I loved every time I came on here, you know, I said this when I, when I left 670, but every time I came on a podcast, especially this one, it was just like the highlight of my day. And I brag about it to people and they're like, Oh, I don't know what that is. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like I'm on a podcast. Like it's cool. <laughs> um, and it was, it was, it was always more important to me than it was to you guys. Like I, I cannot thank you enough. Like I, I've loved every second of every moment that we've been on this podcast. So I, I cannot thank you enough because it was just, it means the world to me. Cam, thank you so much. Um, folks, Cam Ellis at Kingsley Ellis, headed off. Thank you so much, Cam. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Cam. Thanks, Cam. Thank you, Cam. Criminally underused at 670 yes. to score. Like yes. criminally. Un- like if you listen to the, that conversation that we just had, that's literally one of the best pods we've had th- in this off season. Just yeah. it, it's, it's Cam, it's Cam Ellis. And I know like some people didn't get his shtick like sometimes, but like he's so good at what he does. I like, man. Yeah. That, that, that's what I was going to say. Like, I think, I think some people got too focused on like how sarcastic he can be at times, which was awesome. I think but, the true measure of, of a sarcastic person is how ridiculous you can, how read, um, how ridiculous something you can say is. And then like people believe it. And he was great at that, but like you're <laughs> missing the point. Uh, he was also so insightful and he brought a perspective to bears Twitter that I, I don't think is there. Like I, I think is lacking severely and his takes and his insight are phenomenal. And if you listen to this pod at all, you realize that he's just got such a unique perspective on things. And I'm going to miss him terribly from bears Twitter. I'm happy to hear we're going to be able to get him back on the pot here um, at, at some point in the coming year. Uh, but I just loved interacting with him and talking to him. He's just an overall great dude and we wish him nothing but the best, all great things in Denver, but we will sorely, sorely miss cam uh, in bears Twitter for sure. Mm-hmm. We uh, we talk a lot about his Twitter, but really, I mean, he's an incredible writer. So yes. any any time you read his stuff on six seventy or when he was with NBC Sports Chicago, like yeah, he's he's a funny, sarcastic guy, but he knows his stuff, and like you learned a lot in sometimes a fun way too when he wrote it. So um, yeah, it's definitely I've I'm I've told him, and you know we've talked about him. I'm like you're really underutilized, so I'm glad that you know, you're going to a place where you can kind of expand your reach and do something even greater because he deserves it. And um, fortunately I'm heading to Denver a couple times this year. So uh, I'm going to try to link up with him and please do man. It just, if you go out, like seriously, I will Venmo you cash for, for beverages because we, we owe cam. He's just, he's that awesome. Yeah, for sure. There was a level of sincerity that he just displayed there towards the end that is unmatched on our show so far. Yeah. Like honestly, you could just feel like his feels and how authentic it was about how he felt about the job and about Chicago. And like, there's no, there was no faking it in there. Like that, that I was really floored by that. Mm-hmm. World needs more cams. Hundred yes. oh, percent. But, but we're, we're going to talk about the free agents in just a second. It's just like, 
I think about, he's the one of the first, we've had a lot of really amazing guests, like a really amazing guest. He's the first one to like throw and be like, I want to like, I'll, I'll be part of true false. Like I'll, like I'll stick around to the end and have, you know, funny questions. And, you know, it, it was never, never just like, oh, do you know who I am? I'm Cam Ellis. I work for a 670 <laughs> score. So, all right. So, uh, Brendan, I know you've done a whole lot. Sorry. We have breaking news. Uh, this this impacts the division. Um, guys, we're going to see Chauncey Gardner-Johnson a little bit more. He is signing with the Lions. So uh, make sure those receivers don't punch anybody in the head. But that's uh, that's a sneaky good signing. I think that's – Well, and, and David Montgomery too. I, yeah, that's yeah. – Lions All right. for it. Okay, so Brendan, if you could, I'm going to throw up here uh, – first I'm going to put – Brendan Solo, and then we're going to go, here we go, all of the Bears signings. Can you just give us a quick, quick rundown? We'll discuss uh, in, in more detail just who, who, who the Bears brought in, uh, who are these guys, and just break it down for us, Brendan. Sure. Uh, I'll try to keep this brief. Um, and also, I've graded every single signing so far on Bearswire, so you can definitely check those out on bearswire.com. But we'll start with the most recent and go to the uh, – I guess the first one. So we'll start with most recent. And that was Dante Foreman coming over from the Panthers, signed a one-year, $3 million deal. Uh, basically what the Bears are getting here is a David Montgomery clone who was more successful than him last year with the same amount of touches. He's a hard-nosed runner with little tread on the tires. So this is going to be a fun battle between him and Khalil Herbert for the RB1 job. Um, if he continues ascending, uh, this could be a really, really good signing. Uh, they signed Robert Tunyon to a one-year deal. I think it's like $2.5 million. Uh, basically, the backup to Cole Komet. We know him from the Packers. He had one really, really good season where he had 11 touchdowns in 2020. He's been a solid tight end. So the Bears can ha possibly have some matchup uh, problems there in a good way for the defense with him and Komet possibly on the field. And he knows the system with Getze, so that's a plus. Uh, Andrew Billings, a huge, huge run stuffing defensive tackle. He's over 300 pounds. He's kind of shorter. He's like six one, which is kind of short for an interior defensive lineman. Uh, let's put it this way. He's coming off of a career year at 27 years old. Uh, Eddie Goldman in 2021 was a shell of himself at 27 years old. So, uh, basically this, this is a pretty good signing. He's kind of a rotational guy, uh, should really help in the run game. PJ Walker, the backup quarterback, uh, signed a two-year deal. He's, I mean, he runs a similar offense that Justin Fields can. He's elusive. He's mobile. He's got a pretty good arm. And he brings familiarity with DJ Moore coming over. So I think that's kind of helpful. I likened it to kind of like a personal catcher coming over to a baseball team. You kind of have that familiarity in practice. Uh, Travis Homer, another running back, special teams guy, third down guy who's really, really good at pass protection. Uh, Demarcus Walker, edge rusher from the Tennessee Titans. He can line up inside. This one kind of is, is a little intriguing to me. Uh, he had a career year last year with uh, seven sacks, but he's kind of been a middling guy before that when he was drafted by the Broncos. So maybe that I'm just a little worried that maybe we're paying for a guy who is a flash in the pan. We'll see. Then we get to the big ones. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Signed a four-year deal. Um, most of his money is guaranteed in the first two years, though, so it's kind of like a two-year deal. But long, lengthy defender as a linebacker, he fits all the 
the physical skills that man Eberflus wants. Doesn't take the ball away like he should. He's only got two forced fumbles and five interceptions in his five-year career. But in terms of like a lengthy guy who can make tackles, uh, he's really, really good. So hopefully he can improve on those numbers. Nate Davis, guard, coming over from the Tennessee Titans, signed a three-year, $30 million deal. Um, really good in the run game, improved as a pass blocker. Uh, he seeks contact at the second level, so you can see him sometimes on film. He is just bursting off the line and trying to find those safeties and linebackers to create holes. Uh, when he started, when he began starting, Derrick Henry was on to his historic run, so that tells you something. And then finally, TJ Edwards. This is the one I think that is going to go on to be one of Poles' best signings ever as Bears GM. Um, really, really fr- team-friendly deal. Uh, three years, essentially $12 million guaranteed. He's improved every single season uh, from the Philadelphia Eagles, local guy, and now he and Tremaine Edmonds shore up that linebacker position. So that's kind of a quick run-through of everybody that we have so far. Uh, it's really cool that Robert Tunyon and TJ Edwards are both Bears fans growing yes. up. I just think that that's really, really neat to, to see. I, Robert Tunyon, especially playing with the Packers, I, he, he did not uh, ingratiate himself as he walked out the door to say, hey, I would rather play for the Bears. Um, I think that's interesting. Uh, Brendan, fantastic breakdown. Boys, I want to do this with uh, all the signings that are there. The one that you're most excited about, and you do have to pick one, you can't go Cam Ellis and say the linebackers, the one guy that you're most excited about, and then if there is a head-scratcher in there, if not, then you can just say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm excited about this guy in particular. For this, let's go Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright, Brennan Chagru, and I will finish it up. Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback off of what Chagru said. I think Edwards is um, the best signing. I, I like ascending players. I tweeted a while back. Um, this feels like when Pace signed Hakeem uh, Hicks, right? Like a younger ascending player who maybe, you know, people were kind of um, didn't know much about, but it turned out to be one of his best signings, uh, Pace, as as a general manager. I have a feeling like you, Brendan, that TJ Edwards could be that guy. And by the end of his time, you may look back and go, wow, what a fantastic signing. Got him at an incredible value. Uh, and uh, to get a player like that, that fits their scheme, that fits financially, that is ascending, that has gotten better every year, um, just a tackle machine. I think that's a player, I agree with you, Brendan, we're going to look back and go, wow, what a great signing uh, by Ryan Pohl. So that's the one I'm probably uh, most excited about because I think he sticks long, long term. Um even though his contract, I think, is only three years, I think I think he'll be around for a while. Did you have one that you were not as excited about, or did I miss that? No, I, I don't. Sorry, okay. I should have. Oh, I, 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 I mean, they're all kind of. There isn't like a, a McGlinchey would have been one I, at that price. Yeah. I would have been like, "Yee," but no, none of these guys are like shockers to me. Okay. Uh, for me, without question, it was Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, that was the one that maybe just go, let's bleep and go. I mean, watching him even this year uh, play against the Bears, uh, he is so tall, so big, so athletic. I know that the Bears weren't very good this year, but it looked like you had placed some sort of like a you know an all pro on the field with some high school kids at different times during the game. Uh, and so he's so young and he's got a lot of growing to do. And if Fluce is a quarter or a linebacker whisperer, then we could see him ascend in a real way. Uh, he was wearing the friggin' green dot on his helmet when he was 19 years old. 
19 years old in the middle of the Buffalo Bills' defense. Uh, I just, again, if you think about a youth movement with this group and you think about, you know, Tremaine Edwards, I'm really excited about it. The only beef that I've really heard about him is because he's so tall. He has a little bit, a little bit difficult time at the point of attack, meaning as a linebacker, meeting running backs at the line of scrimmage and making a play. It seems as though, um, he's a little bit of trouble filling in some instances. And, and also those guards can get underneath his pads a little easier because, because he is so tall. Uh, but I just, I, I'm really excited. You can probably tell about, about him completely on a vibe. I just don't think Robert Tunyon's going to do much for us. I just feel like we have rolled through like mid tight ends here for a while now. And I mean, if the entire offense ascends as we think it will, then, Perhaps that will be a nice uh, asset to add, and maybe he'll get more looks and catches and touchdowns. But I, I don't know. Maybe I just have a little bit of like uh, a callousness because I feel like we've just rolled through so many tight ends lately, and they haven't panned out. There's no way to talk about Cole Komet, Jack. I was talking about Robert. <laughs> oh, man. Um so mine, I mentioned earlier, it is TJ Edwards, but um, I'll give another answer just to be different. But before I do, two more um, stats for you. One, um, if he sees the full length of his contract, his annual average annual value is $6.5 million. That's 17th among off-ball linebackers for the 2023 season, at least earlier in the week. So that's a steal. I mean, come on. And then seven passes batted in 2022 – the entire Bears linebacking core, including Roquan Smith at seven. So that's Nicholas Morrow, Matthew Adams. Um, I mentioned Sanborn. Smith, Sanborn, all, Joe Thomas, all of them. So he equaled a loan of what uh, the Bears linebackers had. So I'm, that's, that really makes me excited. Uh, the other one, I will say, it's, it's a little bit off the beaten path, but Dante Foreman. And maybe it's just because I like his – career arc because of what's happened um he was basically out of the league after two years with the texans he finally had a resurgence in tennessee in 2021 had his best year after christian mccaffrey was traded from the panthers and i mentioned he had similar numbers to montgomery listen to this he had 200 let me get it here 203 carries and montgomery in 201 he had over 100 more yards it was uh 914 for Foreman, 801 for Montgomery. But here's the one that gets me excited. He had 100 more yards before contact for Montgomery, 505 to 405 on the dot. And part of that is due to offensive line play. But when you consider guys like Khalil Herbert had really good running lanes, Montgomery was just dancing around too much. Foreman is a hard-nosed runner, but he was actually hitting the holes better than Montgomery was. So we essentially, in my opinion – we got a little bit of a carbon copy of Montgomery who sees the field better and we're paying half the same amount of money to Montgomery signed for three years, averaging $6 million a year. We got Foreman for 3 million. So I, I think he's going to be really good. And I'm excited to see his career continue to ascend. Cause I think I'm just excited with the story too. Um, and then real quickly, I mentioned it, Demarcus Walker. I'm just a little intrigued, like curious by, he was he wasn't great for the Broncos. He had a stint with the Texans, and he had seven uh, sacks with the Titans last year. How much of that was playing next next to Jeffrey Simmons? Yeah, he was a rotational guy, um, but just I'm wondering if he can replicate that success. I'm a little nervous because my mind immediately went to Al Kadeen Muhammad, 
who had a similar like breakout season with the Colts and then just crapped the bed for the Bears. So hopefully he doesn't follow in that same footsteps, but kind of just has me leery a little bit. So uh, I was going to say I was going to go with Tremaine Edmonds and then I was going to go with uh, Foreman. Um, So just, just because let's, let, let's shake it up. Um, Andrew Billings. uh, I saw this uh, Sanjeet who covers the Raiders. uh, He's just Sanjeet T um, massive loss for the Raiders. Andrew Billings was arguably uh, the best interior defensive lineman for the Raiders. Bears got a solid player. Um, his his size w- should allow for any future three technique to come in to make a bigger impact. Just because he's such a big guy, um, you know, I don't I don't think he's going to be a, a world beater by any measures. But I think he plays a really important position, and we need a defensive lineman, and he plays on the defensive line. Um, Boys, anything else that you guys want to talk about that you want to cover? We covered a lot. We've been here for a very long time. It's already an hour and 20-minute podcast before we get to shout-outs. Just say real briefly, just watched a bit of film on Nate Davis, and I, Brendan, you did a great job with your description. He he reminds me a little bit of Ted, Ted Jenkins when Jenkins is healthy and, and blocking downhill and, and road grading. Real fast feet. I, I feel like that's maybe a little bit of an underestimated – upgrade on the offensive line i think he is uh legit from day one he's a he's a pretty darn good offensive lineman anything else boys aaron Rodgers is gone that's what that's gonna be my thing yeah so <laughs> how do we how do we quick quick please gentlemen we got to get out of here quick thoughts jack uh shells brendan and i'll finish it up you know, you heard me rant the other day. I, the one thing that I don't like about the NBA is like superstar players, you know, forcing trades and then bringing their crew with them. I get why they do it. I understand it fully. I just don't want to see it in my NFL personally. And I just, I, I don't know. I mean, there's no denial, denying that guy's talent, but I, I, am I the drama? Yeah. Yeah. Karen, you are the drama. So, so weary of it. Don't let the door hit you with a good Lord split you, buddy. F them. That's, yeah. (laughs) Um, A lot of people want to say like, oh, I wish he stayed around so we could beat him. Like we want to send him out. You know what? We haven't. We haven't. So goodbye. Get the hell out of here. All right. Like I want to start anew and let's finally get the bears going in the right direction here. Just get him out. That was that was me. I was that guy. I said I wanted to kick his ass, but it never happened. So just please go away and just never, ever, ever come back, ever. All right, boys. It is time to get out of here. What a fun episode. Uh, I don't. We don't know when our next episode is going to be. It's the off season, so we are much more sporadic in uh, how these episodes will come out. So we're probably not going to be around next week. Just as a programming note. Um, and so for shout outs, let's go. Jack, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shagru, and I will finish it up. Shout outs, boys. Well, I think I'll go all the way back to the very beginning. If you missed us at the start, shout out to to Ryan Dangle for uh, you know sacrificing his luscious locks for what a what a fantastic cause, Saint Baldrick's Day. Uh, look it up, donate to it. Know that your money is going to go to a fantastic cause, and then also to so the guy to the guys and ladies at Sheridan's who came and and helped with that cause by. Um, shaving some of the heads of some of the participants who had also taken the time to raise money as a part of that fundraiser. I've got a couple of quick ones. Uh, first one is I, I feel like I, I shout him out maybe once every other week, but um, frozen warrior. So uh, awesome. So awesome. Just like, 
top five uh, people for me that I've met on Twitter that I would love to have a beer with. So I, I hope someday I get to have a beer with that guy. We were separated at birth. We are so simpatico. Um, but today I learned something about him. Uh, he created a, a rug, a Chicago Bears Walter Payton rug. That is phenomenal. Like I had to read the tweet three or four times because I couldn't believe he made this, but it's absolutely unreal. The guy's super talented. He's an amazing follow, a kind human being, just like everything that's great about Twitter. Not that there's a whole lot that's great about Twitter, but uh, he is just such an awesome person. Go give him a follow. Um, so shout out to you for being just such an awesome person, a super talented person and being so kind. Uh, and then I'm going to give a shout out to, um, and I am going to butcher your name. So I, I really, really apologize, but I think it's Muhammad Zabir Nurani. He runs a uh, bears Twitter madness bracket. He is at M Z N O O R seven, eight, six. I was fortunate enough to be in this bracket uh, the last couple of years, I think I've got one win under my belt. It was an incredible upset. I'm hoping uh, I'm in a tough, tough matchup with EJ Snyder. I'm an eight or nine seed, excuse me, going up against an eight seed. Highest seed I've been. I would appreciate everybody's support. Um, this is the point where I say I love you guys and I will do anything for a vote. Uh, I will, I will do anything for a vote. I would appreciate a first round upset here and get to the uh, probably the the presumptive winner in Courtney Cronin as the one seat. Um, so so I think that releases Monday. So go out check it out. I think Brendan Shagru is also uh, in the bracket. So we would all appreciate your vote and support here at the uh, at the pod. So um, those are my two shout outs. First off, Ryan, you pull off balls very very well. So. Thank you. Nicely Thank you very done. much. It, um, it's not bald. He's not bald. All right. All right. Take it easy, buddy. He's not bald. <laughs> okay. This is bald, Shagru. Oh, oh God. Right? No. That is bald. Dude, hey, you know what? Can Just let me know when you're going to do that so I can put on sunglasses, please. Okay. <laughs> wow. Shots wow. fired. I love her. Is this because you were doing high knees in the hallway? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go get some Russell popcorn. Wilson, remember, <laughs> All right, family ish um, podcast ish. <laughs> Focus on uh, the ish. Shells, uh, I'm glad you mentioned Muhammad. I was also gonna shout him out because, uh, yes, I'm honored to be in the bracket as well. It's a really cool thing that he does. Um, it's fun to just see Bears Twitter come together for that. And I am also a nine seed, uh, highest seed. I, this is the second year I've been in it, and I'm going up against a friend of the show, Ill Will. Um, love that dude. Great guy, but I hope to beat the pants off him. Don't quote that shells. Don't don't do anything with that. But I hope to uh, I hope to win my matchup and win again. <laughs> See, I, I'm so on guard. I have to catch myself because I know this guy is just going to say something. So I got to say something before he does. <laughs> oh well. Uh, so anyway, shout out to Muhammad. Um, just just a great thing that he's doing. So please vote for me. Like shells, I will do anything anything to get a vote so uh vote early vote often create burners i don't care like just you know get the vote out for shells and i if you can um i'm gonna shout these three guys out in uh just in a group because i think they're hurting uh first off greg braggs patrick sheldon and logan bradley these three fine gentlemen all had the honor of watching their prestigious basketball teams lose in the first round of the ncaa tournament um, 
I picked all three of them to win, of course. Uh, I've Obviously, Greg Braggs, Purdue fan, historic loss. It was hilarious, and the man is unhinged right now. Shell's a uh, little, little more expected with Providence and the Friars and then Logan with Illinois, but just thinking of you guys. Uh, I'm thinking of your your hurt right now, so uh, just wanted to shout you out. And then uh, another shout-out to Frustrated Fan. He's a big Simpsons guy, uh, big Bears fan, always a fun follow. Uh, so I just want to shout him out because I love seeing his tweets come by. And then finally, I know this is long, but uh, Alyssa Barbieri and uh, the rest of the Bears Wire team just uh, – and I'm excluding myself from that, but these – People have done a great job covering free agency. It's one of the busiest weeks of the year. And so just shout out to everybody, um, Alyssa, Nate, and Jarrett, for all of that they've done uh, this week in terms of, like, you know, the coverage. Uh, it's been really good. So shout out to everybody there. A quick update to Logan Bradley. He is crazy, crazy busy with baseball right now, but things are going really well for him at Fox Sports, so we're excited for Logan. Uh, He's got some good personal news, which it's not mine to share, so Logan, just really, really, really happy for you, buddy, and hope you're doing well. One on Twitter, one off Twitter. Uh, So the one on Twitter is TW at TyLow237. TW, just... Just some fun jabs back and forth and some great conversation and civil discourse. We disagree or we agree. Either way, we're having fun doing it and just really, really, really enjoyed my interactions with uh, with TW. So thank you so much. And then a uh, friend of Jack Wright and mine, Ashley McMahon, got married this weekend. She does not like uh, sports. Um, and so I'm going to make her listen to this podcast uh, because she just, yay, sports ball. Um, but we're giving her a shout out. She got married and it was an awesome wedding. And just so thrilled for her. Good things happen to good people. Um, So, folks, a couple quick things before we get out of here. Uh, The first is, if you could, please, if you're listening to this on the audio-only podcast, whether that be uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, whatever it is, if you could rate this podcast we sure would appreciate it uh we're a little low on our ratings right now and it would help boost uh our audience and we would really appreciate that um if if you want to leave a review thank you thank you thank you uh so much share this pod with a friend come on visit uh on youtube uh the youtube thing is a little bit new for us but we're having some fun doing it um and so you can check this podcast podcast out audio or or on youtube For all of us, the Bear Down Chicago podcast, we want to say thank you so very much. And as always, Bear Down Chicago.